You were welcomed. And there were two introductions for us today. And the first one, um, I mentioned a, a phrase that it is not so important what you do during Lent, but who you become during Lent. That's not to say the penances that you do, the things that you give up, or the additional things that you do, like reading more scripture or whatever, more prayer. Uh, those are all good. But if you think that's the end, that's just the, the process to go through, the experiences we go through, to go from here to there and to become something more. And I like the term journey because a journey implies that we start at one place and then another, a physical place, also spiritually, that we start in one place and end up in another place. In this case, we began Ash Wednesday or this first Sunday of Lent, and we begin here, but we end up at the celebration of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the basic kerygma, the most fundamental teaching of the church. If you don't believe in the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, you're not a Christian. But what makes us Christian is believing in that. So we come here to start. But when you start, you really should know where you're starting from, as well as know where you want to be at the end at least in some way. So how do you do it? You start by taking a good look at yourself and myself. We look at ourselves and say, who am I really? What am I doing or not doing that should change? What are the things there? What do we have to say no to? Well, what are the things that have to become different in our life? And then if we can say that and say it pretty clearly, then the challenge is to say, what would we like to become? Because then we can see where the journey is taking us, from this place in our spiritual life to another place that hopefully will be much bigger and much better. I have a friend, he's very, um, well, negative, but, but even more so, he's, he's kind of like uh, uh, always starts, the, the, the glass is always half empty. In fact, it's not even half empty, it's less. So one day he said to me, he had talked about wanting to go see a movie, so afterward, I said to him, well, how was the movie? And this is what he said to me. Well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I thought, who would go to a movie that they think is going to be bad? I want to go to this movie but that I'm not going to like. But he went and he found out that it wasn't just quite as bad as he thought it would be. And in my experience as a Catholic priest, as a Catholic man, I listen to a lot of people that kind of live like that. They're low on trust, and they, they always kind of doubt, or, or not doubt, not doubt God, but doubt themselves, or, or not quite sure it's going to work out. But we heard in that responsorial song, and at the last Mass we kept singing it, Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. Be with me when I am in trouble. And if we really trust that the Lord is there with us when we're in trouble, when we're having our difficulties, it should change the way that we are. Now, the Scriptures today add another step. They look back to where we were and look to where we are or maybe should be and then to where we want to go. And in the first reading from Deuteronomy, Moses is telling the people, remember where we were, we wandered 40 years in the desert. Now, did they really wander 40 years? I don't know. That's a long time. But uh, one thing we need to know is the, the idea of numerology. 
In the Bible, numbers are really important. Uh, the most important number is seven. Whenever something happens seven times, like last week, I believe, we're talking about uh, eating the bread, and, uh, and, and unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you cannot have life within you. Seven times it comes up in the same passage. So Jesus is really saying in this passage, you know, eating the bread of life is super important. It's the most important thing, to let him into our lives as food for our spirit. So anytime you hear the number seven, whether it's used for a positive or negative reason, it means fullness, fullness, completeness, kind of like it states it perfectly. The number three is another one. It's, it's, it's a special number for different reasons. For one thing, when we say three, we think of a triangle that has all exactly the same angles and all exactly the same lengths of, of those uh, three pieces of the triangle. And we also use it in our language, you know, to emphasize that something is the third time, that's it. One, two, three strikes, you're out. I told you once, twice, I better not have to tell you a third time. That's what we say. And we get it. We get it. We're emphasizing. Uh, the same with 40. 40 is a number that is considered somewhat lengthy. It doesn't go on forever. There's an end. But it's not just a short time. It's not just a week or even two weeks. 40, they say, is a pretty good number for, you want to change a habit? Really work at it for 40 days, and you'll probably change it. You may still fail, but you probably will. So did they wander 40 years in the desert? I don't know, but boy, that describes a time of pain. It makes me think, what are the Ukrainians thinking who are Christians or, or Catholics who read these scriptures today? Be with me, Lord, when I'm in trouble. They're in trouble. Europe's afraid, but they're in trouble. And what did they think when they read this first reading, wandering 40 years in the desert, wondering, is this going to be 40 days? It's already more than 40 hours. Is it going to be 40 months? Oh, God, is it going to be 40 years? Are we ever going to get to go back to our country? And will we be able to pick up our pieces? I tell you, if they don't have trust, they're really, really lost. If they become total victims, poor things. If they give up, you know, I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it is. Actually, it's worse than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. So the scriptures today focus us on trust. Jesus, and it's such an interesting gospel because he's just been baptized in the Jordan and it says he was filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit, the Spirit of God led him into the desert and the Spirit of God led him there to be tempted by the devil. Now, how odd is that, that the Spirit of God would actually lead, lead, lead Jesus into temptation with the devil? But let's translate that in another way, temptation with the devil. It's called life. Life. I would be willing to bet a hundred bucks that not one single person here today will get through the day without a single temptation at least. It won't happen. 
We'll be tempted, and notice it with our feelings. When we're angry, ooh, that opens a lot of temptations. When we're jealous, when we're sad, when we're hurting, when we're afraid, when we're feeling resentment, those just open the door to temptation and sin and falling. And most of the temptations are not that great or big, but some of them, they lock us into a feeling for days or weeks. There's people that haven't talked to their brother or sister, sorry, bring it up, for four years because they offended me. Okay, but really? We're going to cut them off for four years? But that's what temptation does. It twists us. It has the power to grab our spirit and stomp on it. So Jesus gives us some hope today. He's led out into the desert. For 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't eat or drink anything. Again, I don't think that's even possible. You dehydrate and die. But that number 40 is to tell us it was a chunk of time, and it reminds, reminds us all of those 40 years of wandering in the desert, that big chunk of time. So Jesus goes out there, and it says that he was tempted by the devil when he was hungry, after all that not eating or drinking anything. And everything that the devil tempts him with, Jesus returns with the word of Scripture. It is written. It is written. So the devil catches on in this story. It's very clever. So the devil quotes the Scriptures twice. It is written. It is said. And then Jesus defeats him once again with uh, another saying from Scripture, and the devil leaves him for a time. He'll, re he'll return. Well, isn't that a pretty good description of our own lives, really? I mean, today, and, and let's not blame the poor devil. We always put it on him. The devil made me do it. We do it. I know we say that, but... But we, we shouldn't put it off on the devil and, and escape, uh, escape the sin. We need to name it and, and, and understand it and, and be in it, sit in it. Because if we can, then we can imagine where we want to be. I want to be less selfish by Easter. I want to stop the chisme by Easter. I want to stop judging other people, even myself. I really want to be a more prayerful person, more forgiving, more generous. When I see someone homeless, I'm willing to let go of at least a buck. That's not much, just a buck. Give them something, something. We have this journey, and we get a chance to move forward and to become something more. In that second reading, Paul puts it this way. He says, all you got to do is just two things. You got to have faith in your heart and then confess that faith with your lips. Believe it here. Believe it. And then say it. Say it out loud. Say it out loud to ourselves. Be with me, Lord, when I am in trouble. And name our trouble. Name the trouble that, that follows us around like a tail. Name it and and ask the Lord to be there right now. Be with me in my trouble. You don't have to solve it. Just be with me. Let me feel your presence. Because the more that we can trust that and say it out loud, the more it becomes real. I tell you, this event, 
The death and resurrection of the Lord is the, the pinnacle. It's the climax. It's the most important thing that we believe about Jesus the Christ. And so this journey is allowing us to saturate ourselves in the spirit of Lent through all the spiritual practices that we'll do, for all the things we want to do to make this Lent a, a powerful and a beautiful, a, a really wonderful and spiritual season. And if we do it even somewhat well, don't, don't worry about doing it perfectly. We don't have to be perfect. But if we attempt to get into it because we have that faith in our heart and we can confess it with our lips, I guarantee you we will be something more by Easter.